from Invisible Studios. This is Facade Podcast. Whimsical cultural analysis presented in relevant, understandable ways that critique and celebrate hip-hop while discussing our place in it. I am your host, Dr. Brian Keith Hodgkins. Today, we begin with our Season 2, Episode 2, with Ether, where we pay homage to the rise of feministically ratchet hip-hop, dive into five random topics, our therapy exercise, either or, neither nor, what we not gonna do, and end with the detangle about keeping our enemies close and our friends distance. Don't forget to download and subscribe on Twitter and IG. Let's get it. Ether, 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 ether. So, right now, this is my favorite segment of the Facade Podcast, where we get to do a critical breakdown on the state of what it do, right? And so, I had the pleasure of taking the last two weeks to do some research, do some focus groups with about 82 people. Well, 82 exactly. People about what's the difference between feministic hip-hop and ratchet hip-hop. Now, as a man, I I mute my maleness, and I say ratchetness not disrespectfully, but I'm mindful that ratchet is what a woman defines it to be if she accepts it or rejects it or not, right? It's kind of like nigga and nigger or whatever the culture says it is for them that's what it is i can't i'm outside of what it means to be a woman but i love this new hip-hop resurgence for women it's several mcs that's women that's out here getting it in and so when they do these sex songs i love these sex songs i love sex songs (laughs) i really do love it i want to hear more of it and some of the lyrics, as I, as I do a breakdown of the lyrics, I'm like, oh, that's dope. That was a mixed metaphor. That was hot. And then they do talk about riding and and uh, do uh, and getting a, and, and this, yeah, I can't relate to that, but I like the songs. And I think about it. Like, is this the time for the woman? For the woman to be not sexually repressed on the mic, but to say exactly what she wants to say about whomever she wants to say in her way. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to get ready to do a lyrical breakdown. First up, my girl, Megan. Here's what it is. There's some five-star dick. She a big gold freak. It's a must that I hit. It's a hot girl summer, so you know she got a lit. No, she got a lit. Hot girl summer, so you know she got a lit. Yeah. No, she got a lit. Handle me? Who gon' handle me? Thinking he's a player, he's a member on the team. He put in all that work, he wanna be the MVP. I told him ain't no taming me. I love my niggas equally. Fucking nine to five niggas with that superstar deep. Fuck the superstar nigga, now I got him far late. I called a Jake to get that nick. I told him, call don't send no texting. Don't you tell him you with me when they be asking where you at. I can't read your mind, gotta say that shit. Should I take your love? Should I take that dick? Got a whole lot of options, cause you know a bitch popping. I'm a high girl. So, don't you say you with me (laughs) when she send the text. That's, hey, this is, so I grew up in an era where, like I said before, I could walk over to five women at the bar. The the defender is going to come out to me. I charm the defender. She brings me into the pack. I entertained the pack for 20 minutes loosely without buying a drink. 
I make the pack laugh and relax because I got charisma. That's who I am, right? And so then I leave the pack. And without me telling the one that I like that I like her, when I leave, she knows it 200%. Sometime at the end of that night, she's going to come find me. And guess what? Mission accomplished. But in this era, man, this is the era of pay. You got to pay. These women are saying, hey, you got to pay for my time. I ain't got no time for you. You got to pay for my time. Just to even have a conversation for me to decide whether or not I'm going to give you the pleasure of getting to know me, not touch me, just getting to know me, of hearing my thoughts, sharing my ways of being. That's what these women MCs are saying. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Because if it was in my era, I would have never been with a woman because I'm broke. I was broke. I came out the broke era. I ain't had nothing. The women that was with me was with me for me. Yeah, I ain't had no Bugatti. I ain't had no gold chain. I ain't had no Jordans. I was broke. I had a uh, food card. (laughs) So if you was with me, you ate well, but that was about it. Yeah, I wasn't buying you nothing. I tell my son all the time, give these women memories. That's all you give them, memories. Don't buy them nothing. Because when you buy them something and they leave you, they be telling their girls, well, he bought me this bag. He bought me this fur. He bought me this diamond necklace. Nah. Nah. (laughs) We're not doing that. Not buying nothing. But, yeah, Megan is, to me, she the queen of, you got to pay. Right? Nikki's like, you got to be on my level. Cardi's like, well, you know, I'm married, so Cardi's lyrics getting ready to ship. But Megan is like queen of, you going to pay to talk, not to play. You going to pay to talk. Yeah, that's a whole nother Way to look at it. But this MC right here, whew, she taking to the whole nother level. A rich nigga, eight figure, that's my type. That's my type, nigga, that's my type. Eight inch bagel, that's the pipe. That bitch, I'm a running dick all night. A rich nigga, eight figure, that's my type. That's my type, nigga, that's my type. Eight inch bagel, that's the pipe. That's my type, nigga, that's my type. Rich new whip, right around dips. I can see why all these basic hoes piss. Said I want your man, no the fuck I don't fit. He a rich nigga, why he still hitting lick? Nigga spinning bread, but he still can't hit. Bitch, please. Lamborghini keys. Pussy dripping ice, he gets thrown out to me. Bitch, please. I want a man with the beans. Pussy from the bag, going dumb on a D. So, I really do like this song. That's my thing. That's my thing. But I can't say in the club. Eight inches or bigger, that's good pipe. <laughs> like, I, I can't say that. Like, I, I, I appreciate her saying that. Like, that's, that's dope. Her talking about in a situation where she's straddling, that's dope for a woman, from a woman's perspective. Like, and plus part of it, too, is I've been listening to misogynistic hip-hop for 20 years. So now when I hear these emancipated women get on the mic and talk about what they're going to do to you, how they're going to do it, slow or fast, rough or not rough, they, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when I'm in the car, I'm going hard on the verse. That's my type. That's my type. Then I'm quiet. Hey, this, that, that's my type. Yeah, I got to get back into it because that hook, I just, it's parts of the song that I love. Yeah. Mm-mm. I can't say. I can't relate to being with a guy. 
So I can, yeah, I can't relate to that. But I appreciate the 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 wittiness, the metaphorical delivery, right, and the straightforwardness. It's kind of Trina esque, not as hardcore as Trina, but Trina esque, right? And so yeah, that's but that those are solo artists. But this group of girls right here, that they probably gonna end up being the the best raunchy feminist hip hop group over the next five years for sure. I bet your little sister wanna look like me. I bet your little brother wanna fuck on me. Hood bitch, good pussy, I ain't average. Um, he can't come around without that kind bitch. Um, pop a pussy bitch quick like a bubble gum. I ain't never worry, I just deal with it for fun. Act up, you can get smashed up. Act up, you can get smashed up. Act up, you can get smashed up. Dirty ass, yes, baby girl, you need to back up. JT on the track, and you know I'm by my paper. Pussy sweet, pussy tight, so he caught a lifesaver. If your ass a broke, nigga, hell nah, I can't get you. If your ass a rich, nigga, I'ma fuck you till you ain't one. If that nigga scammer, I'm turning to a dancer. I make it clap like he got the right answer. Sit on it with manners, sit it harder than a hammer. He want a freak, pussy pink, breast cancer. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, I've been listening to the radio version of this song. <laughs> and when I heard the lyrics, he want a freak. Pink breast cancer. Congratulations. Like that's that that might have been the line of the decade. <laughs> From a woman MC. Straight up, this is what it is. If you a broke dude, she don't got no time to be with you. If you a rich dude, she gonna break you off to your broke dude. She she said her box got a forest fire. <laughs> she essentially, she said her box got a forest fire. I'm a you till you ain't one. Yeah, that's just these lyric city girls to me. Yeah, once they get this, I want to hear their album. Yeah, I want. I'm, I'm gonna be following them. I'm, I'm about to be a city girl fan. I'm about to be a city girl fan for sure. Yeah, but this this next MC, she's taking it in a whole nother direction. Cause all three of these, Megan, Saudi, city girls, they going at the guys. About what you got to do to get their time. If you ain't, if you broke, they don't, none of them got time for you if you broke. And I can appreciate that. Because you can't match my worth or my wealth. Yeah, I get it. Like nobody wants to be the, the doormat for somebody to get used. I get that. But this female MC right here, I bought her album. And it is nuts. We call it money at. So woo, where all of my buddies at? I took her to the crib and I had fun with that. Now come and get your mother back, I'm done with that. Yo, I just caught the pocket rocket. Yeah. For all you niggas pocket watching. Hey, uh, why you rolling tick tick tocking? Hey, uh, I fuck her during tax season, perfect timing. I backed your bitch in fashion over, no designer. Uh, man, I like them tatted bitches, Hakalani. Uh, I woke up in that pussy, her new name Bugatti. Uh, bitch, I got that drip, my new name Tsunami. Ooh. Ooh, that's that big drip, big wrist, big body, big whips, big glocks, big guap, big knots, big goons, small problems, big moves. So let's be clear. Young and May is the future of hip-hop. 
straight up. Now, we did the focus group, right? So I made sure I did gendered focus groups. So I talked to the guys. The guys hate Young and May. Because some of them was like, she acting like a dude. She ain't really hard like that. She said, I, I take your mother, and I'm done with that. Your mother. Your mother. <laughs> she says, you're riding your Rolly TikTok, and I got a Rolex on right now. Rolex don't. You can't hear Rolex TikTok. It's fake if you do. But the rest of the stuff she said, oh, wow. <laughs> so explicitness it just rem- I can appreciate the female MC being explicit like Lil' Kim was back in the day. Owning the sexuality. Because they know you want it. And the key is if you want it, they really don't want you likely. Right? The turnoff is I know I can have you. That's the turnoff that I know I can have you. Whatever I want. Yeah, who wants that? Nobody. And so I'm like, man, just listening. But the guys was like, yeah, we don't like Young and May. But they like... Megan, because Megan is a grown woman. I don't know if the best follow on Instagram is Meg Stallion. She's a grown woman. A grown woman. <laughs> Whew. Megan the Stallion is extra grown, right? She's grown. Yeah, city girls, they like girls. They look like little girls. Not little girls, but they look, you know, all of 20. Megan looks 27, 28. Grown Megan, right? And so, but the but the women was like, yeah. Well, some of the women was like, well, they ratchet. They they giving a bad example for black girls that's young. They shouldn't have clothes that's tight like that. They shouldn't be twerking, bending over like that. That's setting a bad example. That contributes to rape culture. Oh, that's valid. I hear that. But some women was like, hey, I love it. They showing men that we could do it too. Men be grabbing their nuts. And been talking crazy about other women, talking about menages and what they do to you and all nasty, disrespectful. That's the first 40 years of hip-hop. That's all it been. So women are like, yeah, they feel empowered by those types of raps, right? Those types of songs that are that are empowering. And so I had a, a real breakdown with one of my guys. I ain't going to say his name. And uh, he was like, I said, hey, so I remember when uh, they had Miss Black and Gold. And I went to it, and there was a sister that was, I want to say, from Nigeria. She did a dance with in her African traditional dress. And it was cultural, but without the context, she didn't have hardly any clothes on, right? And the dance she did, you could have considered it as twerking. But because it was cultural, and it was done to African drums, and it was a celebratory dance, people were digging it. They was like, oh, man, she brought her culture to the space. We see that she's Nigerian. She putting it down, represent for the motherland. They was applauded it and supported it. But take that same dancing, and it's the City Girls video, completely different context, an Americanized context. And so people are like, yeah, that's ratchet. That's trash. They dancing like whores. Right, so that it's an African gaze and an American gaze, a natural born black American gaze over two different types of black women, and they get judged differently. And so, yeah, that's what I want to talk about in the focus group. Like, what is what is feminine? What is feminist? What is a feminist? How does that look, right, to a woman? Because I don't believe a man can be a feminist. Anytime I hear a man say he's a feminist, I'm like, yeah, he's he's placating. He's trying to do his thing with somebody's woman. Whenever women hear that a man is a feminist, they relax, right? And then when they relax, in my estimation, 
They let their guard down. When they let their guard down, they can be captured by that man who may be scheming. But with, with I always ask, too, what's the racial equivalent of feminist? Ain't one. It ain't nothing that a white person can say that's the same as me, right? But if a woman allows a man to be a feminist, and the reason why women are feminists is because men are oppressing them, they're allowing men to infiltrate, right? Like this, like 2019 is the first year in hip-hop where it's, they might be like 15 women that got an album out, and they all out there. They on The Breakfast Club. They on other. They on Sway in the Morning. They on Big Boy. They got videos out. They on streaming on Spotify. They on Apple Music. They on Tidal. This is the age of woman in hip-hop, in the culture. It's a phenomenal occurrence. And I just highlight these four MCs. The, well, these one, two, three, four, five, and then Cardi's on the, on not on Act Up. She's on the other song. But all those female MCs, they're bringing their perspective to the table. And I love it. I want to hear more about it. I'm trying to figure out how, you know, do that. You know, the man in me be like, yeah, I can't be talking about eight inches pipe or somebody else's pipe. I can't, I, just, I, I can't even know it's the song, it's the hook. It's kind of like, you know, when I'm singing my song, I'm, I'm around white people and they sing a song, they, I'm looking to see, waiting for them to say it. Because if they say it, it's going to be a problem in the song. So I'm like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't say that. Please don't say that. And so, yeah, I'd I be wondering if the women be looking at me when I'm saying the song, and dudes too, do they be saying, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the ether. This is the age of woman. Feminist or ratchet? Or can you be both at the same time? Ratchet eminence? Ratchet eminence? Or fematchet? <laughs> yeah. Eat that. Yeah, that's it. That that's that's my take on that. I appreciate it regardless. Five random topics. <laughs> hey man, hey, here's your assignment. Give me some transitions. I need something that's like I need something like that. Or I don't know. Maybe I need I don't know. Some dope. Oh, like the next joint. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be extra dope. Yeah, like right here. Yup, yup. That'd be hella dope. For sure. Five random topics. Topic number one. So, I am a professor. I'm a professor, right? <laughs> That's what I do. I profess about stuff. Hip-hop stuff, you know, hermeneutical stuff, epistemological axiologies. <laughs> Talk about that type of stuff there, right? And in doing so, every now and then, I go out with my colleagues, right? Got a group of colleagues that's black. Got a group of colleagues that's white. Don't have a group of colleagues that's Latino, even though I'm cool with some Latinos, I don't got, I don't, man, I don't got no Asian, people of Asian descent in my circle at all. And so I'm like, hey, I get with a group of colleagues. They want to go out to eat. And so I'm like, hey, sure, I'll go out to eat. Let's go hang out. Won't say where we went, but we went out to eat. <laughs> and I was extra hungry. So my right knee 
as an aside. My right knee is hurting because I've been doing these deadlift things where you lift it up to your waist and then you you lift it over your head while you stand up. Then you squat down and then drop it down. <sighs> Man, so I've been doing 50. I've been doing 50 pounds. Well, so 25 on each side is 50 and the bar is 20 kilograms. I don't know how many, what that is. So somebody do, hey, what's kilo, convert kilograms to weights? To a pound, sorry, to pounds. And so, then get back to me. So, um, I'm like, hey, I've been doing that, hurt my knee a little bit on this day, but I did well. I did like uh, three sets of 10 of that. So that's 30 hits. So it hurt a little bit, but I felt I powered through it. So anyway, I go meet with them. They're like, hey, we're going to get something to eat. You want to join us? So we're going to get something to eat. I'm extra hungry, right? And so, I didn't want to drink no alcohol because I just got through working out. Right, and so we go eat, and I order this. Man, I really can't explain it. I order this. It's like a salad, but it has uh, it got like shrimp in it, and but it also got this really lean chicken with this like uh, Szechuan uh, <coughs> orange or marmalade sauce, oh, with these uh, really fine crouton shavings. And these slices of almonds. Oh, man, I was ready to kill it, right? And so we all order. It's like seven of us. We had a restaurant where, and I didn't notice it because I had never gone before, where they, they bring all the food out and they set it down on this tabletop. What I didn't know was the tabletop is one that spins in a circle, right? And so even though my, um, let me see, my that salad may have been like $27, right? I was ready to eat. I was hungry. So they bring out the food, and they set all the food down in front of us, and I'm ready. I don't know the rules, hanging out with my white colleagues. And so I get my fork after we do the say the grace. I get my fork. I'm ready to eat. They're like, hey, hold up. I'm like, what's up? I'm finna eat. They're like, well, we have to share. I said, what? <laughs> they said, we have to share. So what we ended up doing was... Going around the circle, and people got a little bit out of everybody's plate, off everybody's bowl, and put it onto a plate, and then ate off the plate. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was trash. Trash. Because I didn't announce I don't eat beef and pork. And I barely eat chicken. So fish and chicken. I'm trying to get to the vegan. 12-31-19, vegan for me, vegan lifestyle. I'm transitioning slowly because it takes time. And so I was, I was, I was extra hot, man. I was hotter than a volcano off in there. Because I really only ate the little bit of salad that was left, enough for a three-year-old, a big one, a stout three-year-old, right, about 20 pounds, 30-pound three-year-old. That's all I really ate. And then I just I just fiddled through the little things that they that they picked that I didn't like because I thought I was going to eat what I picked to eat. Yeah, so I, yeah I didn't like that man. So sharing, so I don't know. Hey, some things are cultural, right? Like I announced before, when you hear black people say, "What well, we not gonna do?" Yeah, black woman in particular. Whatever happens after that, yeah, brace yourself. So I don't know if sharing food is a white person's thing. Like it's a cultural, like Italian or German or I don't know, like Russian. I don't be knowing. What's uh, Irish? I don't know what's going on. But I didn't ask people racial ethnicities. Ethnicities they just all white to me. And but I didn't ask up front, and I should have maybe had asked. Then I wouldn't have been shocked by that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going out with them no more. <laughs> 
not that group of them. I go out individually because individually, I'm damn sure ain't sharing my food with you individually. But yeah, as a group, yeah, that. Oh man, <laughs> that was extra nuts. <laughs> Topic number two. Okay, transition wizard. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I like that. Okay, so had a conversation with my daughter the other day. She says to me, Dad, I say what? Dad. Yes, I says, Dad, Dad, I need to talk to you. What do you need to talk about, baby? I need to talk about these guys. <laughs> Everything stops. Oh. That's her right now. Isis. Yes, Dad. What's up? Um, I just wanted to let you know that I have to run home and grab my T-shirt and grab a top for dance. Okay. And then I'm going to go to dance. Okay. And then I'm going to go to Starbucks and finish my homework, and then I'll be home. Okay, so you know what happened last time? You, I found a $5.75 drink that was undrunk in the, in the uh, living room. I this morning. What? I chugged it this morning. You chugged it? You chugged it? I chugged it this morning. I says, don't waste my money. Why would I waste your money? Exactly. Hey. Yes, Dad. You're on the podcast right now. I'm recording. Hey, podcast. (laughs) Hey, podcast. Take that out. Do not put that on the podcast, Dad. I won't. Don't worry about it. I'll talk to you. Text me when you get home. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Okay. So, speaking of which, Isis, that's timing. That's, that's I was supposed to have that. That's divine intervention. I raised her well. She knows to talk to me when you move from place to place. Anyway, Dad, I want to have a conversation about these boys. I'm like, okay, what's going on? She said, I like four guys. Four guys? Yes, I like four guys. So we had a breakdown. Here's what she likes. She likes the athlete who's the sleazeball. <laughs> who's trying to catch as many bodies as he can. This the same boy, right, that is just, he, he pretends that my daughter ain't around when she around, right? But when she ain't around, He's sending messages to her friends to tell him how she want her around. Egnant. So that's the first boy. The second boy is the really smart brainiac that nobody knows exists. <laughs> that's me. That's her. That's me. I see why she would like that boy. Because he's extra smart, right? He gets into the conversation with her. But yeah, he he ain't, yeah. He, he probably wear the blazer, the corduroy blazer with the patches on the sleeves. <laughs> yeah, minus the... So, back in the day, I remember I would always see that jacket. Thurston Howe the third had that jacket on the Gatlin's Island. That's a way throwback reference. Way throwback. And I was like, yeah, I want that jacket so I can smoke a pipe with it when I become a professor. No. Hell to the no. Not doing that. But anyway, yeah. The third dude she likes is the dude that's extra nervous around her 
sweaty palms, ain't never said that he really like her, but always want to walk her to her locker. Like, he's the, I don't know if he's the nervous, if he really into her or he's going to be a sociopath. So we <laughs> we steering clear of him, steering clear of that dude, right? And then the last dude is the extra, extra, extra nice boy. Hmm. The one that tells us stories about what he's doing for his grandma, how he's walking old ladies across the street, how he's getting cats down out of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't trust him neither, because I think he's trying to get the, yeah, you know, and we're not doing that. This ain't a hot girl summer for my daughter. She's 16. We're not, she got her hot girl summers in 12 years. So it's going to be a little bit from, from now. And so I'm like, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, Dad, you know, it's just it's just stressful. It's stressful, Dad, because I just don't I don't know which one I want to be my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, none of them. You're 16. Ain't no ain't finna be no boyfriends. We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. How I want to be have some boy in my door, me telling them, how old is you? 16. Nah, you, you gotta be at least 30. <laughs> We're not, we're not doing that. We're not having that bad boy's conversation. He ain't ready. I ain't ready. And she damn so ain't ready. But yeah, Dad, I have these four guys. I like them all for different reasons. I get to read with so-and-so. He reached to me at lunch. So-and-so, I try to get his attention. He acts like I'm not there. When I'm there, I don't understand. So-and-so, whenever he's around me, he's extra sweaty, Dad. I had to loan him some of my deodorant. <laughs> Again, sociopath, and the real, real, real nice guy. And so, yeah, we we just going through it. I don't I don't know what to say. I try to tell all the time. Listen, here's the deal to women: they need to be chasing you, baby. Make them chase you. I grew up. Yeah, I didn't lose my virginity till I was twenty. Yeah, but I knew girls that didn't notice me at all. <laughs> So I didn't, you know, do my thing till I was in college, right? But I don't want her to do her thing until 12 summers from now. Hot girl summer, then, not now. And so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you just got to figure it out. They got to come to you, Isis. I had to get in my fill of love philosophical bag and told her there's only two types of boys out there. What types are they, daddy? Here they go. They either frisbees or boomerangs. She looked at me like I smacked her food out of her hand <laughs> after I poured acid on her dog. <laughs> she said, Dad, what type of boys? The two types of boys, frisbees or boomerangs, right? You throw them all away. The frisbee boy, he's never coming back, baby. The boomerang boy, he'll come back every single time you throw him away. That's the type of boy you want. Because he's into you more than you're into him. And you should never love somebody more than they love you. Yes. That was the preacher. I had to step down off the, off the soapbox after I said that. And she said, the light came on her head. She said, hmm. So if I ignore them all, they'll like me more? And I looked at her and said, hell to the yes, baby. That's it. Do that for the rest of your life. Eventually, the one that wants you the most will step up. And he won't be a sociopath. 
He'll be the one that says, I got to earn your time and your love. Because I also told you, the heart ain't made for nothing but pumping blood. Ain't no love in it. Say the love for yourself. Love yourself. These boys ain't worth your time. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. And so I was kind of nervous. Still kind of nervous. And my daughter, I trust her. But these boys out here, damn, they like a hive of honeybees swarming around my phenomenal daughter. Phenomenal Lee. Phenomenal daughter. Her name is I. Uh, sis, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, topic number three. <laughs> I see you doubled up with the sounds, you're doing too much. Sit your ass down. <laughs> One transition is enough. I appreciate the work. We go, we go, <laughs> we go work through the transitions. Topic number three is the Black Masked Raider. So, as most of y'all know, I'm at a university in West Texas, right? And they got a logo that is the Masked Raider. I was talking to a bunch of black students about school pride. And they were like, hey, we got school pride, but, you know, sometimes we don't even really feel like it's for us. Like, the, the school pride is for us, but it ain't for us. Then I met, it was a black cheerleader that I met. It was a black brother that wants to be a cheerleader. That was dope. We kept talking. He said, I hope that it's a black mask raider to be our mascot at the football games and the basketball games. That'd be extra dope. And all the students was turned up. I was like, hell no. <laughs> Who, what black man is going to be the black mask raider? Think about it. <laughs> this university been in existence for a minute. It didn't integrate until the 60s, like most universities, predominantly white universities, didn't integrate to the 60s. So you want a black man to ride on a horse with a mask and a gun <laughs> at the games. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't, <laughs> and it ain't funny, but that ain't going to work. It ain't enough black men here at this university. They'd all be dead by, 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 by the time we got to the halfway through the season. That ain't going to work. Who's going to do that? What's the hazard pay on that job? I don't want that job. Excuse me, sorry, excuse me. freeze, freeze. Well, wait, I'm just, I'm the mass raider. Sure, you're the mass raider. Yeah, he, yeah, that ain't. That wouldn't be good at all. <laughs> I, that that job right there, that'd be the worst mascot ever in life. Now, I get it that the indigenous, there's some indigenous universities, Florida State, they embrace indigeneity in ways that some indigenous people would say they're exploiting our people. They shouldn't be having them out there behaving in that way. They inter we interpret it as savagery. Don't use indigenous people. Washington Redskins, that the Redskins word is offensive. It's the same as the N-word. It ain't. But I heard them make that argument before, and people shouldn't say it. And I get that. But the black mass raider? <laughs> that brother would need to come to the stadium, change with the police in the dressing room, watching him change. <laughs> While they hold his fake gun, get dressed, walk him to where the horse is at, let him get on the horse, hand him the gun, and then have him put his mask on. <laughs> and even still, yeah, I just I wouldn't do that. 
I couldn't be the black mask raider. Like, I, mean, I maybe could just just have him be like the black raider. That'd be dope. Just a black raider where he's dressed like Zorro, right? No mask, no gun, no sword. We're not doing that. Yeah, just none of that. <laughs> we just want a regular brother that's out there that scores. And man, he may just, you know, every time he scores, ah, 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 rock it out. Y'all couldn't see me. I was, it's left arm, left, right, left, right, right. Ah, Yeah, maybe do that. He could do that. Or, you know, do the, uh, what's the one when you kick with the arm out? Uh, 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 leg, arm, leg, 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 arm, leg, leg, arm. Yeah, he could do that to celebrate. But not, no, yeah, we're not, mm-mm. That's what, no, I'm not for that. I'm not, I'm for black students to live to be a hundred. Not to have truncated lives because one of them want to be the black mask raider and somebody mistook him for a mask raider. <laughs> that was at the game. Trying to rob folks? Yeah, we not. We don't want the smoke from the cannons popping off because of that. <laughs> That's not a good fit at all. Topic number four. Hey, man. What the hell was that? Oh, Predator. Okay, okay. That was dope. That was dope. That was we not doing that again. But that that was that was that was dope. That was dope. So Shaq life. So not Shaq's life, like Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant big man to ever play the basketball game. Not Shaq life, but Shaq life. Yeah. So let me take my keys off. Now let me get let me get some uh DP real quick. So not Shaq life, but we talking Shaq life, right? So here's the thing, I'm not a judgmental type of person, right? Not at all. But if I knew, I could get a Mercedes Benz, and somebody told me when I was 19, we're gonna give you this Mercedes Benz, and it's the only car you can drive for the rest of your life. No matter how broken down it gets, when the alternator goes out, when the um, when the window stops going up and down, when the AC stops working, you still got to be driving this car until it's done. I might not have wanted to do that. I like cars. I like a variety of cars. I like the uh, Audi Q8. No, A8. I like the Audi A8. I like the uh, BMW. 5 Series, 535, like the car I had before my daughter toted it out, like that car. I like the Jaguar. I don't even like the Lincoln. MK? XK? SK. Yeah, I don't know the letters. But I like all those cars. I couldn't have drove one car the rest of my life. So, transitioning into what I really want to talk about is living with your man or your woman before you get married. Right? <laughs> That's the shacking life. Like, I had a conversation with some of my elders this weekend, and they was like, hey, nobody should be shacking up. I got married at 17. I got married at 16. Grandma, you got married at 16? <laughs> but the stories you hear about way after the way after the fact, yeah, six, yeah. What? No. So, yeah, shack life. I was like, 
Yeah, why explain that? Cause and you know, if you respect the person, love them like you say you do, you won't want to live. You just want to fall into love and be with each other for the rest of your life. So no shacking at all. Shouldn't do that before you get married. Man, it's 2019, y'all. I don't know what I would tell a young person if they came to me and was like, hey, I'm in love. I'm going to go. I don't want to live with my girlfriend before we get married. We both virgins. I don't want to have sex. That ain't cool. I want to get married and have sex after that. After that? (laughs) After that? So I never give other people's kids advice that I wouldn't give my kids advice. Now, my daughter, hot girl Summer, 12 years from now, give her all the sexy advice that she wants. My son, who's 22, yeah, we have plenty of conversations about that. And so I gave him my two cents, which is more like $37.02 worth. Yeah, I told him, son, if you like driving, it's daddy's, I would rather you just ride an Uber or a Lyft until you're ready to get your own car and then just drive that car for the rest of your life. So he been riding lifts. <laughs> Not that many. God is good. Won't he do it? <laughs> yes. But I told him, hey, man, you got to be careful out in these streets. He told me his generation is a generation of catching bodies. He said, it's, it's girls out here. They Odell Beckham. They just catching bodies, just catching um, both hands behind your back, one hand. They just out here just catching them. I said, what about the guys? He said, yeah, I got a partner. Woo, named Brandon? Mm, mm, mm. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm dressing. Name uh, Russell. Yeah, name Russell. He said, Dad, he got about 200 bodies. He 23. I'm like, he trying to get Wilt numbers. I'm like, hey, don't drive, don't take that many lifts or Ubers. Just take a couple. Take a couple Ubers and lifts, you know, and don't move in. So I'm not for shacking. I wouldn't tell you, I wouldn't recommend young people to move and live in with somebody I, before you get married. I wouldn't recommend that, but I do recommend you get a couple of lifts, take a couple of uh, uh, of uh, Ubers, a couple of lifts, see, you know, if until you're ready to get your own car and drive your own car for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> that drive, man, it can be a smooth one. Woo. Mm, I got a smooth one. <laughs> But I know a couple, I got a couple friends, they, they rides was broke down. Yeah, they had a whole lot of mileage on them before they got them. So they were 10 years in, right? Wheels fell off. <laughs> so they had to get divorced. You know, that, that happens sometimes. People get divorced. I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes it happens like that. But you want that car that's going to give you that long ride. Ooh. <laughs> Excuse the double entendres, that long ride that's going to get you to work from California to New York 30 or 40 times. That's the kind of car you want. So with the shack life, I don't encourage nobody to live with nobody, to share bills with nobody before you get married. Don't buy a house before you get married. Don't buy a car before you get married. Don't get joint credit cards. Add them as a user before you get married. Don't do none of that. That's all nonsensical. Don't live with that person. Have you some Lyfts and Ubers. A couple. Then when you ready, get married, and then drive that car for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, topic five. Grown-ass Halloween. So, I got to say this. Like, 
It's people I respect out here, and I get it. You married, you in love. What I'm getting ready to talk about now, if you weren't married or in love, you definitely wouldn't be doing. My kids ain't grow up celebrating Halloween, right? So to me, Halloween is all Saints Day, right? So it's the time that you you collab with the saints, you recognize the saints that came through your life and your family, you pay homage to them, and you keep it moving, right? Like you don't want, you don't, it ain't about demons and devils, people getting their head cut off, werewolves. Like, yeah, that don't, like Casper the Finley Ghost, for instance. I see Casper on a, on a uh, commercial for insurance. And it was funny to me, but I was like, it's kind of morbid because Casper is like a dead boy. So it's a dead boy in your living room that you eat and watch the movies with. So why would, your kid, why would you want your kid to dress up like a dead boy? I don't understand that. that to me, that's scary, but it's also weird. Yeah, again, sociopathic behavior. Got to avoid that. So anyway, back to the topic. I know some grown men right now that's going to go to a Halloween party on Thursday night with the love of their life or the woman they trying to impress to become the love of their life, and you're going to wear a two-little Halloween outfit. Don't do it, man. She's going to love you anyway. Just dress up. When I was younger in Dayton, I would go out. I'm Malcolm X every time. So what was I? Suited and booted. Gray suit, white shirt, black tie, horn rim, fold out of glasses. That's it. Malcolm X. I'm a real person. I'm not a make-believe person. I'm not Black Panther. I'm not, uh, yeah, Tony Starch. Stork? Starks. Yeah, thanks for that. I'm not that person either. I'm a real person. But your girl is going to have you out here looking nuts. Don't do it for love. It's a lot of stuff that you're going to do for love that you don't want to do. You're going to be going to a ballet that you might not want to go to. You're going to be going to her house to hang out with her family for whatever event. You ain't going to want to do that. You're not going to want to. You're going to miss the NBA Finals one of them nights because she got to get her hair braided and she don't want to drive across town by herself because she don't like driving at night. You're going to have to go with her. And the place that she go to, they don't got cable. Guess what? You're going to miss game two of the NBA Finals. But you're going to do it because you love your woman. This ain't the reason to do it. (laughs) Or if you're going to do it, be a real person. So be Obama, be a 6'9 snitch, dress up like uh, Igor, right? Do that. Please do that if, if, you, if you want to. But don't, yeah, don't, don't dress up. Don't, don't welcome hell. Don't call Satan into your life. Like I think people be like, hey, when rappers usually rap about death all the time, they end up dead. And we can do a trace out about it. I don't got the lyrics in front of me because this is a hip-hop podcast. I don't know how the lyrics. Tupac rapped about killing a lot. He's dead. Yeah, Tentacion rapped about this, you know, being depressed and death a little bit, and he's dead. Like, you don't want to call death to you. So don't put on a demon. Don't be Satan. Who say who be who be Satan? For Halloween? Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. We, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. So that, that's my advice to guys. I know you love your woman, but hey, you don't have to do everything she says. And I mean it. She's eating off your plate. She's waking up early, cutting on the light, keeping you up. 
Yeah, those things you have to deal with. You don't have to dress up in a grown-ass Halloween party and stand around with men that you don't know because all the other women know each other and pretend you're happy for a night. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Man, therapy, exercise. Oh, wait, oh, transition? Okay, okay, here's a transition. Therapy, exercise. Hey man, you went to the Mario well too much. Too yeah, that was too much. Yeah, it was. It was too much. <laughs> it was too much. So we yeah, we're not finna do that right now. So anyway, therapy exercise. So part of the facade podcast was created because of my therapist, whose name I've been sworn to not contractually say who she is. We should get her business because we got listeners. We got about. 900 listeners, which is cool. I take 900, 900 listens, so I'm cool with that. But here's the thing. The Facade Podcast was created because of her, and she always gives me a therapy exercise that I go through actually therapy, so I go to therapy once a week. Here's a question that she said. We always close out with a hip-hop question because she thinks she's some hip-hop uh, guru. Uh, and so she thinks she found Fire Freddy, but a woman, but in the now, and still hot. And so her question was, who, here's the question. Let me read it. Oh, top three DJs in hip-hop history. Why and how did they shape your love for hip-hop? Whew. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a difficult question. So I had to narrow it down to era because I didn't want to leave nobody out. So I did a blast from the past. I did a blast from the not-so-past and a current DJ, right? So these are my top three. Now, the first person... Is my favorite DJ ever. He's the absolute best DJ in the history of DJing. Yeah, and I, I'm finna, I'm finna let him rip, and we're gonna check it out. Just in case you don't know, it's DJ Jazzy Jeff, man. Jazzy Jeff. I don't care what nobody say. Jazzy Jeff is the greatest DJ to ever do it. But this young DJ here, oh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you who he is on the backside because he is phenomenal. Yes, yes. Turn the music up. Yes. 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 Facade Podcast. 
Turntable mix master. He ain't Jazzy Jeff. He's damn good. That's ugly. My face is ugly. I rarely get ugly. Oh, man. So, just in case y'all didn't know, that's DJ Cubert. Now, DJ Cubert is a man, he's a turntablist. Turntableologist, find out what the, tit- the title is, cause I don't be no, I don't want to be disrespectful to nobody. But yeah, DJ Cubert, man. But this DJ here, and DJ Cubert is great. He he won some uh, TMC turntable competitions, so he's kind of a he's not a new old guy, but he's excellent on on the ones and twos. But this dude here, this the Godfather. I had to dig in the crates. It's 1984, 1984. And I'm going to let, even though Jazzy Jeff brought it in from the beginning, I'm going to let him cut it up. Rest in peace to my man, JMJ, Jam Master J. Man. Okay, here we go to get started. Please welcome Jam Master J. Jam Master J to me, he's like the Godfather, right? So he ain't Cool Herc, right? He ain't uh, Primo, right? So he's uh, he ain't Eric B, right? But he's a damn good DJ, man. He's in my top three. I gotta give it to him. But the reason why all these DJs matter to me, so I would. So if my parents could afford it turntables, I'd have been a DJ. I wouldn't have been an MC because I love music. I love so what I love, and I couldn't figure out. Find an MC to do it, a, a DJ to do it. But I love when you blend the record. When you play two records at the same time, it sounds like an airplane is flying over your head. Oh, man, I get lost in that sound. I got to fall asleep in that sound. I'm reminiscing now. I was thinking about all the times I heard a DJ do that. And that's just that's dope. But I love it because it's just hip-hop. It's organic. You don't know what they're going to do. Each DJ contributed differently. Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster Cash, Cass. Like, they all... Contributed to hip hop differently, and so I'm just like, man, I love it. I love I love DJing. It shaped me 
sonically, I'm drawn into the music, right? So I love to hear MCs get loose, right? Because I heard uh, one thing that we, I was talking to my boys about is like people like my son's age, they don't, when they hear the music now, they don't know the record that they got it from. Because I grew up hearing the old records when mom was cooking in the kitchen for Sunday before we went to church. When I heard the new, when I heard Dr. Dre's music, I was like, oh, Dre sampled that from Slave. Or Dre sampled that from the Isley Brothers or whatever, right? And so, but nowadays it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's a disconnect, but it just sounds a little different. Excuse the pun. But yeah, that's I love the sound of hip-hop before the MCs come out. I just like the beats. Without the MCs, the MCs take the beat to the next level, but I like the M's, I like the beats, Right, so I love hearing the cut, cut, cutting and scratching. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of the therapy exercise. We almost at an hour, right? And so what we're what we getting ready to get into now is one of my favorite sections, right? Either, or, neither, nor. Like no transition is necessary, and it's either or is coupled because we can ready to break it down about the culture. And so it's either Jesus or Kanye. What is the culture? It's like, man, this ain't for the culture. We're doing something for the culture. We are orphans, bro. We are cultureless. We don't have our own culture. We signed to culture vultures. We signed our life away. Our contracts are culture vultures. Think about everything that's cultural. Taking a knee is cultural. Being on social media is cultural. Wearing high fashion is cultural. Pushing a foreign is cultural. All these things are not owned by our culture. So who designed the culture? What does it mean to do it for the culture? That's why I do it for Christ. Kanye. <laughs> Man, I missed that. Oh, Kanye. So let me be clear. Black people are the culture. Black people, we the keepers of the cool. Whatever we do, they want to do. We do cornrows, they do boxer braids, right? We do real hip-hop, like Black Thought MCs, right? They do Eminem, right? We, whatever we do, they want to do. We are the culture, right? Pushing a foreign, that ain't cultural, that ain't, cult, that ain't important to black people. That ain't the culture. If you want to examine the culture of black people, like we got to go back in time. And have, have a conversation about it. Are we talking about, are we talking post-slavery? Are we talking pre-slavery? Right? That's the difference of the African to me. We're talking greatness. Then we're talking enslavement. And now we're talking black excellence. Like those three, those are three distinctly different times for the culture. Right? And so I hear you saying that you do it for Jesus. And this is Kanye in full context. This is Kanye on Big Boy. Now I don't want to talk about Kanye for two episodes in a row. But Jesus' is King album is out, right? And it's garbage. <laughs> I love Kanye, man. But it, sonically, so here's my thing. If you're a gospel rapper, what are you doing? Kanye don't even make gospel music. He comes out of nowhere, number one album, gospel album, on all charts. You out here making gospel music for a living. Look, Cray, ain't number one. You ain't debuting number one. Kirk Franklin, where you at? Fred Hammond, where y'all at, man? Kanye out here smoking y'all. But I digress. The culture's black people. We do it for the culture. What they do is a facsimile of the culture of what we do. They're an approximation of us. They black adjacent. 
they hip hop adjacent. We the culture. We determine what's hot and what's not. And this interview with Kanye is an example of a, a mind that ain't trained, an incoherent thought. I'm not gonna call him crazy, but he his, he has utterances. Like he he's his conversation is is not pieced together, right? It's just thrown out there. It's like water. Put your hand in it, it splashes everywhere. It's not solid. His conversation, he did a lot of rambling, right? Part of me was like, man, have you taken his medicine? He don't sound right. He didn't sound healthy or normal to me, but I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions. I don't do that. I don't want to impute motives. But every time Kanye got something to say to the culture, right, he's selling something. Like church coals, he's selling, he's selling church socks, right? He's selling a new album. He, he didn't, he saved. Nothing wrong with being saved. You want to give your soul to Christ, please do. But don't charge people a fee to get it. And that's what he's doing. He, he in record mode. I was looking at uh, hip-hop numbers. Uh, this is the first album Kanye ever dropped with no cursing on it. That's dope. I appreciate that. But here's the thing. Don't explode the culture. To me, it feels like early in the interview, he talked about how God put him in a place to have a broader reach. I hear that as code for he going to cash out his black center to gain other people that's outside of the culture. He going to cash us out for them, right? He, he going all the way mainstream. And I mean, get it. Get your paper the way you want to get it because God is, you know, Jesus is king. I concur. I'm Christian, but I ain't no fool. Yeah, so yeah, Kanye, to answer your question, that's the culture. That's, you, you, you not, it's either. I'm going with Jesus. Some people or and they going with you. Right? Because I feel like a choice for you. Because, again, I don't rock with people who rock with people that I don't rock with. You rock with Trump. I don't rock with Trump. So I don't rock with you. Even though I just said before, you the greatest. Your discography, album for album, nobody's touching you. You got hits. Triple, double, no assists. Lock you in the, in the studio. You come out with an album. That's dope. I respect your past. I don't respect your present. And I, 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 it's a, you know, Kanye ain't got no real, well, <laughs> he needs some real, Pusha T shouldn't be letting him be out here like this. If it pushes either an employee, and that's just what it is, it's just good music, excuse the pun, or that's his homie. And he put him to the side and said, hey, man, you can't be out here like this. Slavery wasn't a choice. I can't rock with you because you said that. But with somebody feeding you, you kind of got to, if you're going to rock, you got to get paid. You got a decision to make. Somebody tell me slavery's a choice, I'm done rocking with you. Period. And so, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's the either or. Now we finna get into the neither nor, because I don't want to give Kanye no more time. I'm not going to talk about Kanye West on this podcast ever again. Ever. Unless he get divorced. Because he want his wife to stop using her body to sell sex. Because it ain't Christian. Even though that's how she built her empire. But we ain't going to, that ain't what we're talking about. Neither nor is the following. Hold on, man. I don't know if I want to shake your hand yet, man. Hold on. And listen, I spotted you out in the crowd. I asked you if you fuck with Donald Trump, you said you don't know. So since you don't know, I need you to make up your mind tonight. I need you to uh, say your name. I want you to state your name because I know your mama, your daddy, your grandmama, your grandfather is watching. I want you to state your name and yell out, fuck Donald Trump. No, you won't. Get his ass out of here. He's on the stage. Fuck up out of here. 
Cultural disloyalty. That's the neither. Right? So here's what I love about YG. He rap for Damu. I appreciate that. Paru love in his direction. But the one thing I love about him, it seems like every time he go on tour, it's a white person in the audience that's a young, exuberant youth that's there to enjoy the rawness of hip-hop culture in the bowels, in the bowels, in the guts of the culture, right? You at a festival, so you there to get your, you know, party on, be close to black folks. Probably not many of us there at the festival, rocking out to the $900 ticket right for the front row. And he's calling people. Like he said, I see you in the crowd. My man, come on up stage. He probably don't have no idea why he getting called up stage. <laughs> so YG is like, hey, I know everybody that knows you. Just getting ready to see you on social media right now. So I need you to say, F Donald Trump. <laughs> Which he probably didn't anticipate that being the, the statement that he wanted to make. And of course he says, I'm not going to say that. Now I've seen a couple clips with other white males that said it proudly, extra loud, when he made them get a government name first so everybody know who they are. How are we going to separate the liberals from the conservative when they all in the culture together get money with black folks they get money putting us in some situations to win to get money nothing wrong with that i'm all for that but you can't pretend when you at the concert that you down with hip-hop and then when it's time for you to show who you really are you fake yeah i don't appreciate that so <laughs> i'm glad yg threw him off the stage that was extra love, for sure. Because here's the thing about disloyalty. Just because you bought a Nipsey Hussle Crenshaw shirt, or I see you with a Public Enemy tee on, if I, and I love to do this to young people. If I see you in a place and you got some hip-hop something on, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite Nipsey Hussle album? What's your favorite Public Enemy album? What's your top three DJs ever? Like, do, do you, where was you at, you know, when Nipsey got murdered, when Pac got killed, like I want to know, when Easy e died, I got them questions, right? Because hip-hop is about to be 50 years old. So I want to know what's going on with you. So you can't be, you can be a part of the culture, but don't colonize the culture. Yeah, don't do that. Don't Macklemore it. Don't logic it. Don't rustle. Don't rust it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't Eminem it. Be a part of the culture. So when it's time to stand up, Against people that ain't for us, and we know who us is. I said it before, black people, Kanye, we are the culture. When it's against us, we expect you to step up and say something, right? Speak out loudly against it, right? Because hip-hop is the most rebellious art form on the planet Earth. I'm proud to be a part of it. I had an H&NC album. I was rapping about God, but, you know, anyway. That, that's the neither, Right? And so the nor, man, back around the Halloween. I hate Halloween, 2,000%. When your kids come to my door, I'm a mushroom in their face. <laughs> oh, you know why I hate Halloween? Because it ain't real. The kids that's coming to your door, 
They're not getting the tricks. All they're getting is the treats. I'm going to get some kids some tricks, right? So, like, for instance, I might just get some grease. You ever make some fish? Get some fish grease, right? I think I might just get some, some fish grease and make some little teaspoons of fish grease. And when your kid comes to the door, get a tablespoon of it and just dump it in a bag. <laughs> How about that? Like, you got a, you got a 30-foot, one my neighbor got a 30-foot demon in his yard. I'm definitely giving his kids hot fish grease. Because if he got a demon in his yard, what is he doing? Incantations? Yeah. He probably got the, the double triangles in reverse on, <laughs> on the inside of his house. He listening to Slayer. Yeah. ACDC. Meatloaf. Yeah, that's, that's what he listening to at his house. We're not supporting that. I don't support that. But I want kids to get tricks because this generation, yeah, this younger generation, they don't lose. They haven't experienced losing and heartache. Generation X, we ain't had nothing because of the crack epidemic. We lost a whole generation of daddies. That's what was missing in my generation. So the millennials grew up basically raising themselves, some of them, but they all got them trophies. Even when they was trash, they was 0-10. They had a banquet. They got trophies. They had a little disc. that Because uh, my son's team, the Sooners, they had a, their first season, they was trash. But they had a nice banquet with the disc on it, with the video on it. They got celebrated and all got trophies for being trash. This generation that's not, if you five now, man, you've been pampered your whole life. You got an iPad and all that. You definitely getting some hot grease. <laughs> For sure. But it's going to be catfish grease. So you can't lick it. It's going, it's going to have some crunchies in it like it's Long John Silver's. So you can use that for sure. 100%. Eat that. That may make you a better person. <laughs> if it don't burn a hole through your bag and make all your candy stick together. <laughs> but yeah, that's my nor. Yeah, I hate Halloween. 2,000%. <laughs> All right, now we finna get to my favorite topic. What we not gonna do? Pitchfork. Guess what they did? They said we got a list of 200 songs. The 200 greatest songs since 2010. And guess what they did? I'm gonna scroll up so I can, so I can read it to you. I'm just gonna do top 10 because I'm finna prove a mother loving point. Top 10. Little Uzi Vert, EXO Tour Life, hip-hop song at number 10. Yeah, I don't know who number nine is. Number eight, Solange, Cranes in the Sky. That song was nuts. Loved it. Sit at the table. Salute Solange. That was number eight. Number seven, yeah, never heard of him. Azalea Banks, yep, 212, dope song with Lazy J. Now, Azalea Banks is, you know, who she is, but she's a genius to me. Number five, Frank Ocean. Thinking about you. So that's that's so we got one, two, three, four songs in the top five to ten. So we got two artists that ain't in the culture. Then we got number four, Beyonce, Formation. So that's we got six in the top ten. Then we got number three. Yeah, never heard of her. Uh number two, yeah. And then we got Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar. All right. You heard it here first. I said it on the last podcast. 2015 was the dopest year in hip-hop history. I stand by that, 2,000%. But the number one song on the number one album, To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, 
And I don't know if y'all remember it, but I'm finna refresh your memory. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life I mm. hard times like yeah, mm. bad trips like yeah, Nazareth. I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be alright. When I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I'll be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the bass down. Skimming. And let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven. No preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster. Silence for the record. Uh. Man. That Kendrick Lamar? I think all right is our black. It's a it's a new national black anthem. It is two two hundred percent for this generation. I, I think it's the it's the song that we sing coast to coast, east coast, west coast. We all sing it. We all know it. It's not. It's oh. <laughs> here we go again. I'll see if I can trick him. Here we go. This is Dr. Hodgkins. From the side podcast, recording live. Don't say nothing that's going. <laughs> that's a number I don't know. I don't know what that number is. Yeah, but it's just it's a different. We got a new we got a new black national anthem, and I support it two thousand percent, right? But yeah, so what we're not gonna do is deny the fact that Kendrick Lamar is already. The greatest MC since 2010. People gonna say it's Jake, it's Jake, it's Jake, it's Jake, it's Jake, it's Jake. No. Kendrick got four classics. Section 80, classic. Good Kid Max City, classic. To Pimp a Butterfly, his best album to me. Classic and damn classic. So yeah, we're gonna we gonna give him his extra props. Seven of the top ten songs of the top two hundred songs. Was made by black people. We the keepers of the cool. We are the culture, Kanye. Yeah, check it. Us. Yeah. You you the black boy on the couch looking at yourself, standing next to your parents, saying, It's us. <laughs> Which is the best movie of 2019, by the way. But that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, that's where we at. Yeah. So, as we go into. Talking about, yeah, talking about. So I had a, uh, I want to give a shout out to Tiny Tourist, right? So Tiny Tourist is uh, somebody listened to the Facade podcast on a regular, right? And so she hit me up and I was like, what's going on? And she was like, hey, I got something I want you to talk about on the podcast. And I was like, cool. What you want me to talk about on the podcast? And so this is the question that she asked me, right? She said, hey, Dr. Hoskins, I'm not sure if this is a Tom Bach question or, you know, something for else of the podcast, but I listened to Rhythm and Flow. It dropped on Netflix, right? And I want to, I watched the first episode. I want to know what you think of the show, right? And, and if you decide to watch it and, and tell me if you was impressed 
by the person who was you impressed by the most? Tiny Turris, who's a, well, I don't want to tell her, tell her story, but she's a very intelligent young lady moving mountains. You're going to hear about her later in life. But yeah, this is who I think was the dopest contestant on the show, hands down. This one's for love, for mothers that's grieving. This for that dreamer in that class that's underachieving. This for believers whose faith is all that's keeping them breathing. This the Garden of Eden. This for all of my heathens. This one's for Inglewood, both in Chicago and Cali. This one's for Manchester and Crenshaw, for rallies. Happy moments happen to be sprinkled throughout half of these tragedies. Actually, I just started racing change. It's safe to say that growth is an uncomfortable process, and pain is a necessary investment for progress. I stress that if ever you get ill or hurt against your will, it's just a quiz from God. This is our test. Ah, uh, yes. This time is going to be different. I'm going to bless the world with honest quotes in every sentence and get better every moment, just like Beverly mentioned. Hard times, but never resentment. I stay forever relentless. Let's go. D Smoke. Who ended up winning the show? But the versatility of this brother. So when I fast, so I've been listening to Sir for ever since it came out. I bought it weeks on end. So when I buy albums, I listen to them for 30 straight days. I don't listen to nothing but the album I bought. So I really I listen to 12 albums a year. But I just I, I just overdose on the album. So when I found out they was brothers, I was like, yeah, they they from a musical family. That's extra impressive. That he out here getting in like that? Yeah. I'm extra impressed. So to answer your question, Tiny Tours, D Smoke. So I like lyrics. He got lyrics on top of sonically. He's like Kanye West. Put him in the studio. Triple, double, no assist. He'd come out with an album. And so, yeah, the Netflix show. So I, li- I like, you know, Cardi. Eh, not so much with Chance. I'd have got Chance out of there. But Cardi T.I. And maybe I'd have put uh, Big Boy from Outkast in there. Yeah, so you'd have two Atlanta. Well, I guess you'd have two Atlanta guys. I might have put, um, man. Who's the West Coast? Maybe, um, and I didn't think about it. That's that's a good one. Who would I put from the West Coast on there? I don't know. Somebody. I'd put somebody on there. But, yeah, I liked it. I liked it pretty much. So we're going to see if that show come around. I think it's going to be around for a little bit. I like it. The, the competition felt genuine, and he, and he smoked it. Yeah, he smoked his. He did, he did his thing, 100%. <laughs> so now we cut to Detangle, right? We had a... Uh, one hour and 17 minutes into the Facade Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Yeah. And so, the detangle is keep your enemies close and your friends distant. Right? And so, here's my thing. My friends know who I am. But because I got vices that are harmful, I keep my friends away from my vices. Right, because I'm human. So I, I ain't smiling all the time. I ain't working on my comedy all the time. I ain't in a good place all the time. Nobody is, right? We can all fall into a, a you know, a dark space. Not like Kanye. <laughs> but we can all fall into a dark space. But my enemies, yeah. When I'm in my dark space, my enemies need to feel that energy. So I might not bring it to them because they know they're my enemies, or maybe they don't. Or maybe they want to be, right? But they need to feel that energy so they know, man, he ain't all the way. <laughs> he ain't all the way. All the way? I got six Marines in my family, so, yeah. We kind of off slightly as a family, right? And so I'm just like, hey, they need to feel that energy. So when, my, when I got that energy that's negative, I get my friends away from me. 
I keep my friends distant, but I keep my enemies close. And when I'm winning and celebrating, it's the reverse. I keep my friends close and my enemies distant because they don't need to feel the, the energy of the win. They need to see it, but they don't need to be around me celebrating it, right? They don't need to toast up to me. I want my enemies to be languishing about why I'm winning, jealous as hell, like they supposed to be because I'm achieving, right? So for those of you out there, the people you love, that you care about, when you're in your dark space, keep those people away from you, right? Because you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to hurt your friends that you love. You want to hurt your enemies 2,000%. So anyway, that's the detangle. So this concludes the Facade Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to thank y'all for listening, for sure. And remember that we maraud for ears. Facade Podcast is written and produced by me. Original theme music by Taylor Latrey. Audio editing by me. <laughs> if you enjoyed the Facade Podcast, help me spread the word by telling a student, friend, family member, or co-worker about the show. Follow Facade Podcast Playlist on Spotify, where you can find our musical playlist curated by yours truly. Also, be sure to introduce yourself at Facade Podcast on Twitter and Facade Pod on IG. Okay, thanks everyone, and I'll talk to you next week.